Luton Life, brought to you by the Mall Luton. This is the place to come if you want to lift the lid on the real life of Luton, weaving colour through everyday life in Luton. Here's the Mall Luton Sophie Solaria. Hi, I'm Sophie, and thank you so much for joining us for episode two of Luton Life. And this week I've been learning about how people of Luton deal with the important topic of mental health. It's estimated that one in four people experience mental health problems of some kind each year. And sadly, it's not a statistic that's going down either. The overall number of people reported to be struggling has been going up in recent years. And suicide numbers have also increased across England and Wales since 2018. So I've come to a crisis cafe in Luton, run by Mind BLMK, to see how they're tackling the issue in a world where right now everyone's mental health is being challenged. Hello. Hello, hi Sophie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. You must be Beth. Yes, I'm Beth. I'm Beth, welcome. So this is the cafe. You wouldn't tell there was a cafe from the road, would you? No, you wouldn't. Yeah, here but you are. But when you come in, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. So this is Beth, the crisis cafe manager run by Mind BLMK, which is a local branch that's attached to the national charity Mind. They work across four communities of Bedfordshire, Luton and Milton Keynes to promote positive mental health and wellbeing and offer a number of activities and services that make a difference to their users. And this branch in Luton includes a crisis cafe, which Beth showed me around. So, I'll take you through from the main sort of waiting area into our main group space. Hello everyone. Hi. Hi. So, so this is our team. Hi. No, not too many people obviously here because of the coronavirus. People. Yeah, we, we usually have um, two workers per night and a team lead for five nights out of seven. Um, so yeah, we're quite a small team, but um, normally about three or four maximum really staff-wise. And what um, happens here? There's a big table in the centre of the room. What actually happens here? So um, when people come in the main door, um, they'll be greeted by somebody and they'll have, a, they'll have a sit and they'll sort of fill out a form and then they'll have a cup of coffee or tea and then they'll come out to this main group space. At the moment, people just come in and then they have to go into their appointment and then leave. they leave. Yeah. Um, but eventually what, um, what it will be is that people will be mingling here yeah. and so they'll sit down at this main table and they'll kind of be chatting to each other and there'll be some volunteers and there'll be lots of sort of people You've here. got the kitchen behind you with a hatch to be able to get your teas and coffees and stuff. Do people yeah. just help themselves? So we serve them, we serve them the tea and coffee, but yeah, everything's totally free, so. Lovely. Um, pool table. Yeah, and yeah. just chill out area. Sitting area, yeah, comfy chairs. You've got a cinema screen up. Do you watch films? <laughs> that was actually for a training course we had earlier, but yeah. But, <laughs> one, yeah. Day, one, yeah day. one day. Yeah, one day. The cafe was lovely, very friendly and light, and I could imagine it being filled with people supporting each other after the pandemic. And I particularly liked the quotes wall. Doing good for others does good for you. So true. Do more of what makes you and others happy. God, if I followed that mantra. Exactly, exactly. We could do more of that, couldn't we? The idea of the cafe is an open door policy to anyone who is facing a mental health crisis and is in need of instant support in a relaxed environment. They opened their doors at the start of 2020, but then of course COVID struck and things had to adapt. Beth told me how. We've slightly adapted our crisis cafe. So if somebody was in crisis, what they would do is they'd ring our crisis line. They'd get through to a, a 
a call handler who would then book them in for an appointment. They'd come down to our crisis cafe, they'd knock on the door, um, they'd come in and then they'd have their session with somebody and then they'd go home. Eventually, what we're hoping to do when it's safe to do so is open our crisis cafe as it's originally intended, which is a drop-in centre. So people can just turn up, have their appointment, mill around here, have a cup of coffee, socialise and then, and then go home. Lovely. So um, it's slightly adapted now. Um, it's, so it's by pre-booked appointments only. But Of course, that's understandable. But yeah. the vision is, is one that you're going to have lots of people hanging out and seeing each other and supporting each other. Definitely, yes, that's what I imagine, yeah. And so why do you think, why is it so important? Like, what's the model for a crisis cafe? It's so important, I, I believe, to have an alternative to those traditional services that people usually access for when they're in a mental health crisis. You know, you hear so many stories about people going to A&E and waiting however many hours to see somebody. But what we're about is helping to empower that person to access the tools themselves so that they can effectively self-manage their own mental health. And it's not only that, it's about having somebody, a human, sitting next to them hearing what they're saying and not judging them for what they're saying to them and having a safe space to come to um, and, you know, hopefully leaving here feeling better. You've obviously chosen Luton as one of the places to have one of these cafes. Why is it good for Luton specifically? You know, we do see people struggling a lot in Luton and um, if we're looking at our day services, we see that we have greater numbers in Luton accessing our, our mental health support than in other, really? in other places. So it's really important So it's, it's massively important, it's massively important. Crisis Cafe is designed, or Crisis Cafes are designed to be as accessible as possible. And the idea is that we're trying to remove those barriers, so there's no kind of criteria. So in the future, what will happen is that people can just turn up. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter, it's not post dependent, it's not um, conditional. So anyone can access anyone it. Anyone can access it, as long as you're above 18. Mm. Um, you don't have to have um, any sort of specific diagnosis or anything like that, it can be anyone. Um, so the idea of the Crisis Cafe is, is that it's totally accessible to anybody that just wants support. The word is getting out there, mm. but there's more that, you know, more that we're trying you to do with to that. Do. Yeah. Such a great initiative. Being here, ready to help people as they need it, no forms, no criteria, just ready to go support for people instantly and such a necessary service during the pandemic. The feelings that COVID have aroused in so many of bereavement, isolation, loss of income, fear. Suddenly, people who have never experienced a mental health condition before are being triggered. And those who have are being exacerbated by the pandemic. I asked Beth if there was any instant advice she would give to people listening who found themselves struggling now. One particular campaign, Carry the Burden, which is about... um, members of the public, whoever want to share, um, sharing pictures of them out in the nature. And it's something that we often often promote um, when we're kind of speaking to service users one-to-one. Like, um, it's something that can really help prevent you going to crisis, or if you're in crisis, getting out into nature if it is the daytime, mm. um, can really, really help your, your mood and your mental health. So it's massively important. It was time I met the rest of the team who supported the cafe as, like any good support network, it takes a village. Can I introduce you to Tim? He's our Luton Crisis Cafe team leader. Oh, hello Tim. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me today. You're welcome. I'll just take a little seat here to have a little chat. So 
what's your role then? So I'm the team lead here. Um, I, I suppose my role is to support both staff and the service users that come in. You know, sometimes this job can be challenging. But most of the time, it's rewarding. So you know, a mixture of those those two things means that we all are able to support each other through the evening. Um, if 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 staff members have had a difficult evening, then we will have a conversation about that at the end of the evening. Really? So yeah. you're here a lot? Yeah, so five days a week normally for me. Um, so that's every evening? That's, yeah. that, is a, that is a huge commitment on your part and it's really quite amazing that you do that. It is for sure, but you know, m- much of the work is enjoyable and worthwhile. So you know, it kind of, it kind of, I benefit from it, I suppose, as much as, as other people do. Tim told me that the reason he worked at the cafe was to give back as four years ago, he had cause to access the charity mind himself. He was clearly passionate about his job and told me a story of someone he'd helped recently. Let's go back to when we first opened before the current situation happened. Um, we were here for, for a short period. Uh, a gentleman came in. He was having a really difficult time hearing voices, um, apparently very much in crisis. We spoke for five or ten minutes and quite quickly much of that evaporated. It became apparent that... He had been at home, Um, he felt after losing his job that he wasn't contributing to the family. So it was just quite simply about supporting him to maybe look for some work. So we just, we we came in and he signed up with two, three job agencies when he was here. So just sort of coming in with sort of symptoms that were perhaps mental health related, but looking behind that and underneath that as it's important to do on occasion, um, we found that what was going on for him and that escalated him to that situation was perhaps something a bit more simple and that's that he'd he'd lost his job and he needed to feel as if he was supporting his family Um, so we talked him through that we supported him we signposted him and and, and he was well and and went off and he was fine and that's the thing isn't it because I think any I think so many of us have experienced a mental health situation if that maybe not crisis but but definitely experience some form. And I do think that it can build up a bit like a bottle of Coke, that you get to a point where it's really escalated in your head Mm -hmm. and it's finally getting that out that that sort of helps. Is that that right? Would you say that I was right in saying that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, people can be shaken up by the daily events of life. We all can. A lot of the time, we all have coping strategies. So we'll have family, we'll have friends, we'll have hobbies, we'll have interests. Sometimes we just go for a drive. But if those things aren't, we can't do them for some reason or they're not available, things can begin to build up. And, you know, our anxiety kicks in, a different part of our brain kicks in. We're perhaps not using the logical side of it as much as we'd like to. And things can be overwhelming. So, you know, to come in and, you know, hopefully what we do is engage people's logical part of their brain again, you know. So, so you know, it's okay. Things are okay. Let's pick through this. Let's, let's find out what the issues are perhaps what we can deal with tonight and then what we can't deal with tonight we can deal with the rest another time. Most people have their own answers it's just reminding them that they do. Next I was to meet Asha. So this is Asha Um, he's our our crisis peer support worker. Hello Um, nice to meet you I'm gonna take a seat a meter away. (laughs) Hello thanks for for talking to me today. So tell me a bit about your role here then. So I, as opposed to what Tim does, I de-escalate people from the height of their crisis right down to an acceptable level for them. It doesn't mean that they're going to be completely de-escalated, but something where they're comfortable with, 
where we can get them more support in our day services or if not other charities or other communities which can help. So you say de-escalated there. I'm guessing what you mean is when somebody comes in at full sort of 100% upset, you have to try and talk them down, is that right? Yeah, close to 100%. Um, Crisis can mean a lot of different things for many different people. It doesn't have to be 100% like worst day in the world. No. But we're here to talk anyone through anything. Um, that's what we're here for. We, we're just aiming to talk. And a lot, I go by a famous saying of a problem shares is a problem halved. Yeah. And because we're completely confidential, it's a lot easier to talk to us for some people. We don't have that link with your life mm. where other people would. Um, say your friends they there might be some stuff that you don't want to share with your friends we're here for that so okay a bit of role play then I've come in okay and I am feeling really quite low to the point that I just don't want to see tomorrow what would you say to me um well well, we would discuss what's going on um what how have we got to that place to start with and even if you didn't have any answers we we would look for things that you might be enjoying in life or if there's nothing there we'll, we'll work through your day and see what the best points of your day were did you manage to get up of course you did because you managed to come to the cafe and actually so that's, it's a great sign they did right yeah yeah and that's that's if someone turns up at our door or rings our phone line at the moment um they're looking for help yeah and that's what we're here for what kind of problems have you seen have you faced with people depression bipolar anxiety um, psychosis uh, people who have just gone through hard times in their lives like that need someone to talk to they obviously want to change but ultimately you just want people to know you're here for them and that you're here to talk and listen I guess yeah and we we listen and but we also talk through problems and that's what we're here for a real cafe People would go into a cafe and chat, wouldn't they? Yeah. The people who work at places like this always amaze me. It's never just a job for them. They put their life into it. I asked Asher why he decided he wanted to do this type of work. I have had ongoing depression and anxiety um, for a number of years. And it's it's almost like a sense of giving back um, and trying to introduce people and getting the word out that uh, it's okay to talk about mental health mm. and there is a lot of mental health out there and it shouldn't be a taboo word. No. Do you it, think there is still that stigma? Oh yeah, 100%. The stigma, I think it's seen as quote-unquote unmanly mm-hmm. to talk about your mental health and it's, I would argue, even more manly to talk about your mental yeah, health. Absolutely. Facing the problem is a much more manly way to to face up to life instead of putting it away in a closet and making it become overwhelming and did you find when you were in crisis that talking helped you oh yeah yeah my family were fortunately very supportive and some people aren't in that position Mm. and that's why we're here because if you if you feel like you don't have those people to talk to we are that person It's clear that the cafe and cafes of that nature around the UK are a wonderful way of helping people facing a mental health crisis. 
But what if you're so ill that you can't pick up the phone to the team or indeed you can't wait until the evening to access help? I decided to visit the Mall Luton. Being the centre point of the town, I knew the Mall had a team of people who had been trained in mental health, ready to help when they noticed anyone in and around the town who was struggling with their mental health. It sounded like a great initiative and one that every town would benefit from. It's Laura McCluskey and I'm the Deputy General Manager from the Mall in Luton. Laura had come from another site in Essex to the management team here at the Mall Luton and realised quite quickly that there was more that could be done in terms of helping the community with some of the challenges they faced. People have been let down by society. There was a, We've got a lot of homelessness and a lot of begging and a lot of mental health challenges and there's been some great work that some of the groups do. So I started to think about what we could do as the male. We started to work with MIND and um, the council to kind of talk about the stigma and then we trained our staff to help deal with people that are in that place in their lives. Um, and I think what's been apparent is that they just want someone to listen to them, someone who's empathetic, who can listen to their story, and a lot of them just wanting someone to talk to. And at, the, at that moment in their lives, a friendly ear is all they really need. So from that, we then decided to run um, some training courses to kind of better equip the staff to deal with those situations. Cue the Moor Luton's mental health champions. So we have eight mental health first aiders. They're a mixture of people across the business, um, some of us in the senior team to some of our security officers, mainly people that would be on the front line that would see people in a distress situation that could help them. To talk to people about anything, it's really about any form of mental health issue really. And especially now with lockdown, a lot more people are struggling with loneliness and depression and just the isolation, oh, I think. There's never been a time when mental health awareness is more important, really. Yeah. And I think from that, we devised our wellbeing committee. We started and our, we had an objective set out at the beginning of the year, which was 2020. And then COVID hit and all the objectives that we had went out the window and I think what we've spent the last year doing is trying to support our team to give them the tools to be able to go out and speak to people in the community because we have thousands of people walk through our doors we're the centre point of the, com of the community we've got you know with the pharmacies with Arndale House and the NHS and the Bloods and everything that comes in with the testing centre for Boots people come in here of all walks of life a lot of people just come to talk to people and before lockdown we'd have gatherings of older people just sitting there and I don't have that anymore. It's true and so sad. Where once people could meet up and get together in and around Luton and in the mall, now of course they couldn't. Covid had meant we had to disperse and be separate. The initiative sounded like a great support for the community and I asked Laura if she's ever needed to use her training. I dealt with a gentleman who... Um, had just before, lock, just before lockdown, who'd had an argument with his girlfriend. He'd um, decided that that was the end of the world. He um, didn't want to live anymore. To him, she was everything. Just by listening to him, he just wanted someone to talk to. He wanted someone to just listen. I was, in those days, absolutely petrified that you're going to say the wrong thing because you have this training and it tells you in your training to be empathetic not and not to be not to tell them what to do. You're never supposed to advise people, you're supposed to just listen to them and, and ask them questions on and reflect and summarise 
um, ask them open questions to try and get them to engage with you and actually by talking to them and asking them a question so um you know what made you what made you come here today or tell tell me about your girlfriend and the positive by opening opening those questions to them you can turn them around so Laura had had to use her mental health crisis training, but as the deputy manager of the Mall Luton, she was more often than not in the offices at the top of the building. So I wanted to meet some of her frontline staff to hear some of the challenges they had faced. Laura, two men have just walked into the office. <laughs> yep, so this is Simon. Simon is uh, one of our male officers. He is a, an officer that's worked all through COVID, frontline dealt with everything that that brought from all the lockdowns reopening and closing down and this is a great shoulder for people to come and talk to and listen and a pillar that kind of strengthens the core of our team oh, you're so passionate about your staff laura i'm going to go and walk over and and safely speak to simon simon thank you for coming in to talk to us i know that good afternoon this isn't something that you do every day but it's no. nice to, <laughs> for you to chat to us i just wanted to know being frontline like that during a pandemic, how how have people's mental health suffered? Have you noticed? I think a lot of people have suffered because they have just haven't been able to get out. And when they have, it's been quite stressful because especially during the first lockdown, there was lots of queuing up. So there was lots of arguments about distancing and washing hands. And, and mask wearing, wearing mask yeah. Because it wasn't compulsory at all. It's not now, but then t people didn't really wear them. Yeah. And a lot of people were very, you know, aware of standing next to people so yeah it caused quite a bit of problem in that sense what is your job on the ground what do you do every day a security officer completely watching out for people's safety up and down the mall whichever area you're in it usually comes down to people's safety and first aid and uh, keeping an eye out for the shops so whenever um, you see somebody that you can tell isn't quite right, what do you do? Uh, it depends on the situation because obviously a lot of uh, people that we have got in here that have got mental health issues, you, they come here for somewhere to go. Mm. I mean, yesterday I had a chap that come in early, never seen him before. He was in EE and he wouldn't leave. I realised, obviously, it's a mental health issue. So I just went and spoke to him, asked him how he was, where he came from. And then he said he's thirsty. I said, come on, we'll go and get a Greg's. And we went and got a Greg's and then he went off on his way with a, with a white hot chocolate. Oh, my goodness. That is a so really lovely... Yeah, a really lovely way of dealing with it. He was a bit, felt a bit lost, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I think he was out because he'd felt lonely. And so your training has really benefited you, has it? Do you feel? Yeah. You get to understand that it's not everything's not black and white and these people aren't usually causing any trouble. They've just got nothing else. How important do you think that mental health awareness is? Oh, it's extremely uh, important, especially, you know, you have to recognise it in yourself or your family, but within our my job, it's it can save you doing something you shouldn't. You can make a situation worse. And if you just try and speak to anyone in the first instance calmly and, you know, see them as a person, then uh, usually you can end any situation, even if they've been stealing or whatever. If you just calm them down and speak to them like a person, because they've usually got a reason for it. Yeah. They're not just dealing for fun. And Laura, we have another gentleman here. Could you introduce him for me, please? Yeah, so this is David. He is our Deputy Security Manager. Um, David heads up our staff um, engagement and recognition scheme. David is, he deputises for my wellbeing committee. He's a mental health first aider and he's probably one of the people I get the most positive comments about from oh. general members of the public. So. Oh, take it away. David, I feel like I should give you a round of applause as I come over 
Thank you for talking to me briefly. What does it mean to be a mental health first aider? It is really important to be a mental health first aider. Just knowing the signs when someone's struggling um, is really important. It slight changes in habit and I think that's the good thing about learning what to look out for because you can tell if you work with them day in day out you will know if they're having an off day and if that off day becomes another day you can, you get to know it and you you will pick up the signs and then you can try and act on it and that's the thing it is looking for the signs it's obvious if someone's got a cut on their hand they need a first aider but people hide mental health yeah there's a real urgency where colleagues need to step in. Right, we'll make that call for you. And we've, we've seen improvement with people. It's making a real difference. Is it rewarding when you see improvement? Yeah, especially. Yeah, it really is. It's brilliant. Um, if you know you're helping someone, it just brings so much joy to you. Um, and seeing them happy again. The Mall Luton was clearly doing some great work to support the community and it really was great to witness. And with the world challenging us more than ever before, the need for people to step up has never been more important. It was heartening to see some of the wonderful pockets of Luton giving their time and patience to support mental health. Before I go, I'm going to give the last words to Asha, the crisis support worker from Mind BLMK's Mental Health Crisis Cafe, who can tell us how to spot the signs of someone struggling and more importantly, what to do. I always say, if you ask if someone is okay once, of course they're gonna say, yeah, I'm fine. If you ask them if they're okay again, that's when you start to get a bit of a, oh no, I had this happen this week. And just getting that little opening door to start that discussion, that's how I tackle. If I see someone or recognize that someone's on the phone, that they're not themselves. Uh, kind of tackle that. Get your crowbar. Yeah, and pry it open. <laughs> pry it open. And get them talking. Yeah, and just even making that one phone call can make someone's week. Thank you so much for listening to this very important edition of Luton Life, brought to you by the Mall Luton. Please don't forget to subscribe to us so you'll be the first to get each new episode and give us a five-star review if you have time or even better, write some nice words. That would be amazing. Take care and see you soon.